Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020. And uh, so, I don't, I'm, normally I start out these shows talking about how I was doing on ladder and what my climb to legend was look like. And, and, you know, as you know, if you've been listening the last couple weeks, that I got to legend very early and, and I have kind of like, this has happened like once or twice before, but not really like not often. So I've been kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this month because it's not like, like normally a lot of the month is, you know, again, as you know, if you're listening to this, I'm a, I work full time. I'm a dad. I have a ridiculous commute on which I can't really play a lot of Hearthstone, unfortunately, because the internet's terrible, which is why I, I like play Switch games on the train, which is probably better because it helps me work through the backlog. But, it, you know, I've got a, a relatively limited amount of time to play. There are some days on the weekends where I'll just kind of sit and sit and jam games for a while just because I don't have much energy to move otherwise. But, you know, for the most part, I'm getting in like an hour or two a night at most. And, you know, I don't, I don't have all, all the time in the world to, to get to legend. And, and, you know, even when you're good, it takes an amount of time. So I, I ended up getting to legend very, very early this month. And the question is, well, what do I want to do with that? Right? Like, obviously one of the things that I want to do is play a lot against legend players and, and get better. I, I think that's like, if you're listening to this show, right, that's probably at least partially what you're here for, right? Like nobody, nobody subscribes to a Hearthstone podcast to get like the news or what is certainly not this one. Like I, I, I don't even talk about the news half the time. Uh, but I, I, you know, ever, if you're following, like if you're consuming this amount of Hearthstone content where you're willing to listen to a podcast and listen to me talk for like 40 minutes on my drive home on your drive home, then, then you're probably trying to get better. You're trying to improve your game. You're trying to learn something about the game because you enjoy it. Right. So one of the things that I've really been focusing on the last couple of months has been improving my game, both for the increased amount of casting I've been doing. And also just because like, I feel like I should be able to do that. Like I should be able to play, you know, hang with legend players, but I haven't been. And so I've been trying to get to the bottom of like, how do we improve? How do we, you know, how do you get better at this game? This is normally a topic that I, I tend to save for an anniversary episode, but I think that this is something that's kind of been on my mind this whole month. I've, I've actually been kind of struggling with what to talk about because I'm not talking about the cards on the show. I actually just recorded an episode of the Happy Hearthstone with uh, with my good friend Andrew Brown uh, going doing a, a mini card review of all of the 35 cards in Galakron's Awakening. By mini, I mean two hours as opposed to six. I don't know how that math quite works, but it did. So, um, so anyway, so you can, you can go listen to that and and I'll, you know, there will be links on my Twitter and whatnot of of pointing you there probably by the time you're hearing this, because it should be out tomorrow. But so I've been kind of struggling with what to talk about, which is why it's been a little bit longer in between episodes. And I've been trying to think about this process of self-improvement and, and like what, because I've definitely improved over the last couple of months. It's been 
I, I think it's fair to say I plateaued for a while before that. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, approaching the game a little bit differently. And, and sometimes you can just make small changes and see big results from it, right? Like, I, I'm not necessarily extrapolating, like, last month to every month. Like, I could take the whole month to get back to Legend this month. I could not get to Legend this month, right? Like, I've, I'm at, like, the top of rank four, bottom of rank three as we're recording this tonight, which is, you know, two full days into the season. So I'm feeling good about that. But I, I, that could all fall apart tomorrow. Like, they can introduce new cards. I could not know what the hell the meta is and, and completely tank down to five again, right? So I don't want to necessarily, like, say that I'm permanently that better because you can't take anything for granted in this game. It, it does take a constant, you know, keeping up on the meta and, and making sure that you're challenging yourself in the right ways. But I do feel like I've had some steady improvement over the last couple months. And I wanted to kind of explore that a little bit. And this, this may be a your mileage may vary type of thing. Um, but I want to talk about some things that I've been kind of picking up on that may help you if you feel like you're stuck in a rut. So obviously one of the biggest things, and I've, I've talked about this at length in the show a couple times, is, um, you know, I, I reach out for help with my game. And this is, this is not going to be step one. Like, this is not going to be, like, a chronological order of things that you should try. But just kind of... I mean, everything on this show is kind of stream of consciousness to some extent, right? That's the, the kind of the thing with the show. But, I, you know, when I... When I, I found out that I was going to be casting for Monkey Bubble. And that I was going to have, a, you know, fairly, a fairly steady stream of casting over the next couple months. I, I really took that as a as a cue that I needed to up my game. I, that was kind of where I recognized that I was, I was kind of stuck in a rut and I needed to get better in order to inform my casting if I was going to be doing this. Like I, I take that very seriously. And so I reached out to Peltire and, and offered him money to coach me. And he was, he's a gentleman and a scholar and he refused, but we've, we've basically been doing this, this series of co-ops nearly every week since then. This was in the middle of the Evolve metas. This was like November. And what that does for you is, or what it did for me, let's put it this way, right? And, and this is reaching out. I'm going to call it coaching. He refuses to, but whatever, right? And, and we end up teaching each other things. And it's, so it's not strictly coaching, but it's getting someone else to be looking at your play, be it in real time or in a replay. Like, it's very easy even if you're reviewing your own replays, which you should be, to stop being critical of yourself at some point. And, and it sometimes does take another set of eyes to look at plays that you're making and just point out things that you may probably know that you're doing, but you don't realize that you're doing or you don't realize the effect that they're having on you. And, and the first thing when we first started doing this and Peltier said, you're playing real fast. And I was playing real fast. And and this is a flaw to my game to this day. And it is something that I constantly need to be conscious about. And I'm sure that this goes along with my ADHD. Like, like there is an impulsiveness to my play. And, and, and this is 
honestly been something that's been actually really good about finding this game around the same time that I got diagnosed with ADD. Like, I, I thought that it was helping me deal with randomness, but really it's like, this is like a training your, reigning in your impulsiveness simulator, right? Like, there is always something to consider on every play. It doesn't matter, like, unless you are on, like, one mana and you have no one mana plays, then there's generally something that you can consider on every single turn of Hearthstone almost without exception, right? And I was not doing that a lot of the time. When I would play, I was playing almost exclusively for the board at that time. And not always, right? Like, if I'm playing a control deck, I'm generally pretty good about that. When I was playing something that was not a control deck, like any sort of a tempo deck, I was, I, I guess I had it in my head that these were like straightforward, which they're not. And I was not considering, like, well, what's my opponent going to do next turn? It, what's their what's their next turn? What cannot... Is there anything that makes this play bad? Is there any reason not to do this? Right? And if you're, if you're having trouble just slowing down and asking yourself that one question before you make a play will help you a ton. Like, just asking yourself, is there any reason I don't want to do this? So... Which, which, and the answers are, well, their, their best on-curve play is this, and that sets up into that. Or they have a board clear that this would line up really well into that I haven't seen yet. Or, you know, just like, they have a card, they have one card in hand that's on the left that I don't know what it is, and I need to bait it out, and I might do something else to, to bait that out, right? Like, there are a lot of potential answers to that question, but you... You don't, the worst feeling in the world in Hearthstone is when you play into a board clear or, or play into a card that you knew 100% was likely to be there. Right? Like, it's, it's the kind of thing where if you're playing too fast, you're just taking the best play that's available to you and you're not thinking about what are my other options, what are... What is my opponent likely to do? Even if you're not sure, and again, I've talked about like printing out deck lists, whatever, but even just like on a, on a, on a very basic level, like what punish is there? And if you don't know that, then you need to get more familiar with the decks you're facing. Assuming you're at a rank where you're seeing consistent decks and, and, you know, sometimes when you're at the rank five floor, this is just completely impossible. But, but, you know, when you're at a rank where you're seeing kind of the same sorts of things, like, what am I expecting to see? What are they, what do they want to do? Is there a play that better counters what they want to do or better sets me up against what they want to do? It's very easy to say that. It's very hard to do it because it's very, especially when you're just kind of jamming in a game over lunch or whatever, it's very easy to just play your cards. And sometimes playing your cards is correct, but you you have 75 seconds and time is as much of a resource in this game as life, as cards, as turns, as as anything else, as mana, as anything else, right? So this is something from like the old life coach days where life, life coach, if you're, if you haven't been following Hearthstone for as long as I have, life coach was a pro player since retired and gone on to other card games who was notorious for taking a full 75 seconds on turn one, back when it was actually 75 seconds because they hadn't shortened the turn one and two uh, turn timers. And 
you would get asked, like, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking all that long? You know you don't have a play. And he would say, like, time is a resource and I'm going to use it. Even if I don't have a play this turn, I can be thinking about what my next couple of turns are and formulating a game plan in that time. And that's excellent advice that I wish I remember more often than I do. And I'm still not perfect about this. Like, if I'm just jamming a game, and, and certainly I, I notice when, I'm, when my meds have run out, right, that I will, I will do this less. But it's a, it's a good thing to remember that that's something that you can do. And, and just taking the time to think about, well, what is my plan? What do I want to do in, next, in two turns? Like, I was playing cards when I was playing that deck, uh, Evolve Shaman at the time, Without thinking about, like, well, what do I want to set up? Well, if I want to set up this in two turns, then I need to do this next turn, which means I need to do this this turn because I'm not going to be able to do it next turn, so on and so forth, right? Um, you'll see some streamers, I'll try to do that also if I'm, if I'm, when I'm streaming and kind of talk those things through. But when you don't have somebody watching you do that, it's the kind of thing that's very easy to miss because you're making the best play on each turn that you can, or I was, but I wasn't thinking about, well, how does this fit into a bigger game plan? How does this get me over the line? And just making that kind of subtle shift, and it's taken a while, by the way. Like, none of these things happen, like, you just have a light bulb go off and say, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, you have to just, like, keep reminding yourself to do it. But doing that more makes it more second nature. And then that, that's improved my gameplay a lot where I've been thinking about, well, how, what do I need to get to? What are my next couple of turns going to look like? What are they likely to do? I don't do it always. Sometimes it's very instinctive. But just doing that has really helped the consistency of my game a lot more than it had, I think. So a byproduct of doing these, these sessions every week is that in order to prep, we've been choosing a deck and focusing on it, Right? And it, it kind of, again, these are all things that I know, but I haven't really, it's, it's been kind of a do as I say and as I do thing, is how important it is to stick with the deck when you're trying to climb. And this kind of forced me to do that, even when the deck was not working for me. Now, being at Legend made this a little bit easier because I'm at a position where there's no way I'm trying to get to, like, top 16 for, for whatever Masters Tour is coming up. Like, that's not a thing that's happening. Just because, realistically, I'm not staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning playing Hearthstone, and if I was, I'm not going to be playing any kind of Hearthstone that's going to get me to top 16 that long after my meds have worn off and when I'm tired. But... So playing a legend has just kind of given me the opportunity to be able to play against better players and also the freedom to be able to try to learn a deck without feeling so much like I'm putting myself in a hole. Now, there, there is kind of the, that feeling when you drill yourself down into low legend and, and the joke is you're seeing how many legend players there are, there are by playing a deck. Like, you know, th that's there. But, um, but, but realistically, like, I it gives you the, a, a bit more of an opportunity to learn because the the penalty for failure is when you don't care about your rank, you know, and I, I'm, I'm minimizing that a little bit because I still did, but, you know, when I, I can let go of that, then 
it frees you to go into more of a learning mindset. And I, my, my personal style is that I am not like a savant with this stuff by any stretch of the imagination. Like I need a lot of reps on a deck to begin with. And this kind of process has kind of forced me into that. Now I may try different lists and, and sometimes it's a matter of finding a list that I like or that makes sense to me before I, I, you know, kind of get it. But I've been pretty faithful to that and it's been working. And like, there have been decks that, I mean, Galachrome Warlock was a deck that I just kind of picked up and ran with right away because it was, it, 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 for whatever reason, I just understood it. But like Highlander Rogue, Galakron Rogue were decks that I really struggled with at first and I lost a lot. And then in Highlander Rogue, when we were doing this, like I took from five to legend in one day. Cause it just finally, like I played enough games that I started to see the same kinds of, of scenarios and it started clicking with me. And I was watching, so I, I've been kind of keeping up on, on other esports, particularly League of Legends lately, just kind of to, I've been trying to branch out a little bit just to kind of get things to inform my casting. And I found this video that I'll link in the show notes about, you know, three things that this analyst from, from Pro Guides, which is a League of Legends site, that does these kind of like bite-sized videos. Um, three things that that help them make the climb from like bronze to challenger, right? And one of them was it, it really kind of crystallized this. And I've never really thought about it this way. I mean, I kind of have a little bit, but I I needed to hear it in a different context for it to kind of sink in for Hearthstone. So what they're what they're talking about is. There's a lot of, in League of Legends, there's a lot of, like, micro play, which is mechanical, and there's a lot of macro play, which is, you know, where are you going on the map, what, what objective are you going to, you know, where, what, what lane are you supposed to be in when, whatever. I still don't understand a lot of it. I'm probably never going to, because, like, I'm, I don't have the time to learn another game like that. And, and I'm certainly not mechanically good enough to play a game like that at a high level. But, you know, regardless, there, there's a lot of, like, low-level mechanics around, like, how you, how you clear out waves of of creeps to get XP and gold and like what, what lane you're supposed to be in and like where you rotate to and all kinds of things like that. So the one thing that they said was that you, you need to master a champion in order to climb. And a lot of it is because if you're still worrying about your mechanics then you can't focus on your, your energy on the macro level play of like what your opponents are doing and how to play against that. And then that's what you need to be doing well in order to actually win games and climb. And I, I kind of took that back to Hearthstone and it's like, well, that makes perfect sense, right? Like if you're still like struggling with what, what card to play on what turn and what card to play in what situation and how combos work and all of like, like a deck could be very similar to something you've played before, but there are always nuances in any 30 card list about how the cards interact with each other and like what situations is good to play this card over that card. And like the longer that you need to take to think about those things, the less time you have to think about all the stuff I was just talking about, which is what's my opponent going to do? What am I looking to do in a couple of turns? Like, how do I win this game? Right? So by learn by doing a lot of reps on the deck and losing a lot with it what you'll do is you'll learn both what to do and what not to do and then eventually if you're doing this the right way reviewing your replays getting you know conferring with people who are better at the deck than you 
um, you know, just kind of thinking critically about turns and thinking critically about situations that didn't go well or did go well and what you can take back from that. Like, then you'll start to improve and those things will get internalized. And you don't need to think about those things anymore, right? Like, even little things like, okay, well, Dark Skies in Warlock is does damage equal to my hand size. So I don't need to, like... I don't need to think about how the how the damage is calculated. I just look at my the size of my hand, and that's the damage it does. Right? Like, those little things of math, and, like, you learn how to how to group numbers and stuff like that to make the math a little bit faster. Or, or like, what's the math on, like, Leroy Unleash in Quest Hunter? So it's going to be, like, minimum three. So it's going to be nine plus three times the min... Three plus, like, two times the minions on your board plus your, your minions attack, right? But these are things that you need to do a bunch in order to be able to, to be able to do them quickly, and you need to be able to do them quickly in order to focus on the things that are going to help you win games, which is, what am I playing around, what is my opponent trying to do, how do I play, how do I pick the right card, that sort of thing. So, I've been kind of notorious for swapping back and forth between decks, especially when I'm at the floor, and when I've stop when I when I've been in this mode where I'm not going to worry about the results I'm just going to learn this deck and learn to play it better and eventually the wins will come like the wins have come right and this is something I've said pretty consistently over all the time that I've been doing this podcast but it, it's it bears repeating right I've never gotten to legend or not that I can remember I, I probably have a couple times but not often when I've been worrying about my rank. When I've been focusing on how many stars I have and how many stars I have left, I've very rarely gotten to Legend that way. I've usually done it when I've been coasting on a streak of seeing the Matrix. And you see the Matrix by doing the work and getting the games in with the deck. You 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 see the Matrix by, by just understanding how the deck works and that comes with time it comes with experience it doesn't come with getting pissed off every time that you lose and and blaming whatever broken deck is in the meta or blaming whatever your opponent top decked and you know are there other things that you could have done like I lost a game today where I was playing against a face hunter and I had like a huge board and I had lethal on board but they they like two of the three cards in their hand were Unleash the Hounds and Animal Companion, which happened to roll Leoc, and they were able to trade off my taunts and kill me. And it's like they had to have those two cards out of the three in their hand, and they had to roll Leoc for one out of three. But there were also things that I could have done earlier in the game that could have made a difference. Like I played into a freezing trap when I didn't expect a freezing trap. Now, maybe that's not my fault, maybe it's not, but. I, w I didn't play around it when I had a huge Edmund on board that would have made a big difference earlier in the game, right? So there there are other things that, that factor into that, but if you're just looking at broken decks and broken top decks and, and you know, your opponent getting whatever they need in the time and you're not focusing on what you could have done better, then that's where you get stuck. And I realized I was doing that a lot and I was really kind of... I, I try not to, but it's very easy at times to just get focused on things like all the random crap that can come out of lackeys and 
um, you know, all of the, like, when Fall was in the meta, like, losing to that sort of thing, and, and yeah, you can, you can, I mean, it's not invalid, but it doesn't matter, like, that's what the game is, you need to be able to deal with that, everybody's dealing, playing against the same stuff, so really kind of focusing on, on one deck has kind of helped me to, to limit that range of, that range of options, too, and kind of know a little bit faster what to do, and then it gives you more time to be able to think about playing around stuff like that. So, one other thing that kind of comes out of all of this, and it's something we don't really talk about when it, talk, when it comes to self-improvement, but we ought to, is that I started this whole journey over the last couple of months from a spot of believing in myself, which is, by the way, not exactly common for me. I will, I will assure you, like I may sound very, very confident on this show. I have a lot of years of all kinds of self-esteem damage and, and everything else from 35 years of undiagnosed ADHD. So the fact that I'm even able to say that is a big thing, right? But like, you know, I, I was, it was kind of a, a, a moment of self introspection where I was kind of looking at, at what I felt were like disappointing results. And, and, and let's be clear, right? Not getting to legend is like a first world problem. Like there's getting to legend is something that I put a lot of time into the game because I enjoy it, but I also have put a lot of time in the game period. And, and I've put a lot of work in and for me not to get to legend for me was below the standard that I had set to myself. That doesn't mean that for you, wherever you are, that that's necessarily this should be disappointing or not. I'm just saying that this is something that I kind of set as a standard for myself, having gotten those results consistently. And then all of a sudden it was not getting there. Right. But I, I kind of went into this feeling like I feel like I'm a good enough player and I understand the game well enough to be able to play at those levels, but I'm not. So something's wrong. And that's kind of what started off this whole thing. And I think that there are a lot of ways that we sabotage ourselves. We're going to get real, real squishy right now, by the way. So just, just bear with me. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of ways that we sabotage ourselves. And, and I think a lot of it is also kind of a, being results-oriented when it's not warranted, and also kind of looking at the at, at the game or factors or, or outside things working against us, right? Like, okay, well, I you know, I'm playing against Rogue, and they always seem to get whatever exactly they need, and then they draw into Galakron, they draw four cards, and they kill me. Or they get the perfect thing off of Dragon Queen Outstraws, and they wreck me. Or the druid, you know, I, I had them dead to rights, and then they they dropped the wing guardian. There was nothing I could do about it, and that card is stupid, and they shouldn't have printed it. And why did they do this to me? Right? I mean, it's also easy to just say like, I don't know if I belong playing at this level, right? Like, if for the first time that you've gotten to a rank floor, like, you may not necessarily believe that you believe that you belong to hang there, and, and I've felt that. Right? So there's a lot of things that can kind of get in the way of climbing. And, and a lot of it is turning that around. And it's not, this is not easy, by the way. 
I'm not saying this is easy, but this is kind of what you need to strive for, I think, in order to be able to, to climb effectively because it's very easy to get tilted and it's very easy to get annoyed by cards that feel broken or decks that feel broken or mechanics that feel broken or just like queuing into the wrong deck. And, and especially if you're working on limited time and everyone knows losses feels like it's losing you time right then it can be a very difficult experience and it can feel insurmountable at times and it can it's very easy to internalize that and say i'm not good enough to do this or i'm not good enough right now to do this which is basically what i ended up saying to myself and i think that part of it is kind of accepting that the game is what it is broken, out, unbalanced, whatever. And then you either you either beat them or you join them, right? Like, and this can be harder in like a rock, paper, scissors meta, but in, in a meta where there's like one or two top decks, you, you basically, you either learn to play that deck because it's broken, and then you play a bunch of mirrors, or you learn how to beat that deck, and then you play that. And there's always going to be bad matchups and bad scenarios always it, it's a it's a rule of life it's a rule of the game really and when you get in and then some of these decks i mean if you're playing a deck that has like a lot of like super polarized matchups maybe you play a different deck but but a lot of them have like one matchup that's just real hard right like galakron warrior into quest priest you don't see a lot of quest priest but when you do it's it's like a brick wall a lot of the time so you have basically two options at that point. One is that you can save yourself the time and take the loss. Just concede once you get to a point where it's clearly unwinnable and then and then nope out, right? Just to save yourself the time. If you're the kind of person that will get very tilted by that. The other one is to kind of flip it around and say, okay, I'm never winning this game, but I'm playing with house money because I know that I'm very unlikely to win this game. So I'm going to try to figure out how I'm going to win this basically you're turning it into like puzzle mode right because what that does is first of all it takes all the pressure off you because if you know you're likely to lose the game anyway you can look at it like oh i'm wasting 20 minutes or you can think of it like well i'm pretty unlikely to lose so let's see if there's anything that i can do to turn this around and then it's like a challenge and then it becomes a little bit more more bearable and then if you manage to do it, just like think about how awesome you're gonna feel after that, right? Like if you like think about every unfavored game that you've lost and then coming back from that and then being able to turn that around and win, like those are the stories, right? So, but you never get those if you're just like playing mirror matches all the time. So if you look at the things that are keeping you down as not keeping you down but challenges to overcome it kind of for it kind of incentivizes you it doesn't force you but incentivizes you to think outside the box right like if i play this game the way that i normally would play it i am going to lose so what can i do differently and that helps you kind of try out different things right like the way you're going to get better at a deck is not necessarily by doing the same thing every time the way you're going to get better and better in general is by trying out different approaches. So use that as like, okay, I'm probably gonna lose anyway. This is, my hand is dictating 
that I can try this wacky strategy. I don't think it's going to work, but let's see what happens. Right? And if it doesn't work, well, you already decided you were going to lose that game. No harm, no foul. If you win, you learn something. Or maybe you learn something even by losing, like why that's not a good idea. Or why that's not going to work. Or what you need to do differently the next time in order to make that work. Right? Like, that's how, like, unorthodox strategies for matchups get born. Is just by trying out different things and seeing how they work. Right? Like, that's how you win on favorables. You, you, you climb and you win tournaments by winning on favorable matchups. That's the goal. Right? So, but that all comes back to the idea that you believe in yourself and you believe that you can actually win the game that even if it feels unfavored. It doesn't mean that you're going around arrogant, like, oh, I'm the king of the world, like, nobody can beat me, like, that's a different kind of problem. But, but if you come into this situation with, like, I'm a good player, I can win this, like, no matchup is, un- is 100% unbeatable, and I'm very unlikely to win, but I'm going to try my hardest and maybe I'll, I- I'm a good enough player that maybe I can eke it out. And then try to learn something from that. Like, that's really good for your learning. And that's really good for helping you the next time you're in that situation. Or other situations, right? Like, you may learn something from that matchup that may be applicable to three other matchups. And you don't know, right? But if you just if you just sit there, which I am very guilty of, by the way. Like, I am not perfect. I am very guilty of this. Of sitting like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm playing against a quest priest. Like, why are you playing this deck on the ladder? Why are you doing this to me? What the hell are you doing? Why are you playing this weird card? you shouldn't be playing like why is this happening why are you wasting my time then and 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 i am saying this as one of you because this is my internal dialogue when that and that happens sometimes but if you're doing that then you're not learning right you're just you're just focus you're not even focusing on your plays you're focusing on the injustice that this is happening to you these games are not happening to you like queuing into a bad matchup is part of the game you have agency in terms of of how you decide to approach that and what cards you play and you know the 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 outcome may come out to be the same that you want that you expect it to be anyway but you don't know if you don't try right but not blaming external factors and kind of taking them as they come or if you're seeing a lot of a bad matchup maybe that's a cue that yes you should be sticking with a deck but maybe not this deck so you know hopefully that's something that resonates with you. These are just kind of some stream of consciousness thoughts and I'm getting close to close to home. So I'm going to start wrapping this up, but these are some things that I kind of noticed a little bit different in me over the last couple months. And I'm not perfect at it. It's not all the time. If I'm tired or I'm off my meds or both, then I'm less likely to do these things. But I, I definitely have been seeing better results over the last couple months. And I feel like this is a part of it. So I figured I would share and try to dig into what that means and Maybe this helps you too. And, um, you know, if so, great. And if not, just keep swimming. All right, so uh, that is going to do it for me for this time. I, You can, as always, find the links in the show notes to um, everything at offcurve.com. You can follow the show's account on Twitter at offcurve. You can follow me on Twitter at wickedgood. You can uh, catch me streaming uh, most Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.offcurve.com. You can come join the conversation in our Discord at discord.offcurve.com. Do make sure to check out the Happy Hearthstone, which should be out by the time that you hear this or shortly thereafter at thehappyhs.com. Actually, I think it's thehappyhearthstone.com. The Happy HS is the Twitter account. But either way, but I'll also be retweeting it when it comes out um, if you want to hear my reviews of all of the uh, the new cards from Galacron's Awakening. 
in under three hours. <laughs> because I care, listeners, because I care. Oh, because there, we ran out of things to say, because there were only 35 cards. Um, but, you know, other than that, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much it. If you, uh, if you do care to leave a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. If you otherwise care to... Um, to support the show monetarily, there is a link in the show notes for that as well. And but no, you know those are optional, and if you care to, and if not, um, you know, good luck to you this month in in whatever your goals are. Enjoy the rest of the new cards, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some more decks uh, very soon. And until next time, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.